You're listening to The View From Up Here, an equipping podcast by Viewpoint Leadership and Development. Our vision is to cultivate a change in the way the world views leadership and development. And our mission is to foster better leaders through a modern approach while developing individuals into their true selves. My name's Brad Walbridge, your host for our time together. And joining me in our conversations is our president and founder, Josh Trout, and our COO, Joel Archery. Well, we want to welcome in our viewers, our listeners to the View From Up Here podcast. Welcome back. Brad, as always, with Josh and Joel, um, acting fool uh, on the other side there. Yeah, Uh, We are coming to you from the Sit and Spin Studios here in Greenville, South Carolina. And we're joined... Hashtag. Hashtag Greenville. We're joined by Richard Muncaster. Richard, welcome. Thank you. Good to to have you here. Yeah. You're the founder... And would we say president, chairman of uh, Muncaster Financial Services? That's, that's correct. Yeah. Muncaster Financial. Can we can we just go back and do that differently? Because I want to get the name of his company right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You just want to start over. I've been talking just look too at much. The cup. Here, I'll look at the cup. There you go. Thank you. Turn it just right. There you go. Just stare at us. I have it written down properly. I just got out of out of control. <laughs> Want to welcome in our listeners and our viewers to the View From Up Here podcast. I'm Brad, joined as always by Joel Hello. and Josh, acting a fool over there. Um, we are joined today uh, here at the Sit and Spin Studios by Richard Muncaster. Richard is the uh, the founder of Muncaster Financial Group. Richard, welcome. Thank you. It's great good, to be here. Yeah, good to have you with us. So tell us, I mean, you've been in financial services for over, what, 25 years? Uh, yeah, 27 now. Yeah. How did you get into that? Uh, it, that's a great question. Um, in high school, uh, I'll go way back. Yeah. In high school, we uh, I was fortunate to have a business course, and uh, part of that course was relating to stocks. It was a quarter, and uh, just fell in love with it. Wow. Um, became very passionate about it. Hadn't really watched the market up to that point, and started doing so, and and really just found a, a love for it and decided I wanted to be a finance major when I got to Clemson and uh, just really kind of followed that dream. And I, I had this vision uh, really early on of where I wanted to to uh, to be in 20 mm-hmm. years. And it sounds kind of crazy. It's, uh, it's a linear vision of how I was going to get from point A to point B, and I've just stayed on that path. Yeah, well, That's it's, awesome. It's led me to where we are today. W- mm. Was there something specifically you say that you, you just you knew early on that this was exciting, this was something that, that you would be passionate about for for many years. Mm-hmm. Is there something you can point to or a couple things you can point to that really were drivers for that? I, I think there were, yeah, there were a couple pieces, but uh, one, I was always really good at math. I just enjoyed math. That was where I was, where I gravitated to. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was an attorney. Uh, I love the fact that he helped people on a regular basis and kind of, you know, grew up seeing his, his practice and what he was doing and how he operated. And and really what happened was I just kind of married the two together. Mm-hmm. I, I decided, you know, I, I love math. I'm passionate about the market as I learned more and more about business and, and really was always interested in business anyway. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, seeing what he was doing, I, I thought, hey, I can, I can do this and I can operate wow. it this way. And, mm-hmm. and uh, again, that's just kind of where we are today. It's, hmm. it's, as a high school student. Yeah. It's, it's kind of strange. I'm trying to think no way to... do I have that in high school. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's sometimes where I think maybe I should have opened my eyes up to other things, but in the end, I love what I do. And, and you reached the I've goal never deviated too, from that it. You said you wanted yeah. to get to. It's amazing. 
uh, yeah, we, we, our vision has come to fruition, um, but there's still a lot more that we want to accomplish. Mm. That's cool. I mean, we just keep raising the bar. That's mm. awesome. I love that. Yeah. So Moncaster Financial Group starts in, in 2005. Mm-hmm. So that's, what, now 17 years? Correct. That you have owned the, the business and you've brought in other staff. Mm-hmm. How many staff do you have now? We have uh, five total, okay. including right. myself. So there's okay. five of us. So not only great people, by the way. Are, are, Thank you. They are. Not Thank only are you living out your dream of of helping people in you know financially, but now you have to lead people mm-hmm. on your mm-hmm. staff who represent you. Mm-hmm. What, what's that been like? You know, it, it, when I started the business, I never had this idea that we were going to grow to the size that we are, mm-hmm. and now we have this vision of really being much bigger than we are. Um, so cool. The it, it really has yeah. been fun. Yeah. Um, you know, back when I started in 1995, it was, everybody was kind of a sole practitioner. Yeah. You did everything for yourself and maybe you had an assistant, but that was really the mm-hmm. extent. And over the years, it's just kind of, 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 of it's kind of evolved mm-hmm. into, you need to have more people and the demand drives that grow. So, sure. um, I really was not comfortable with the idea initially. Mm-hmm. I had myself and my assistant, but I wasn't really comfortable with the idea of adding more people, but we were growing. And so mm-hmm. we did. And. Um, and I've had to become more of a leader in the business mm. and well, I was already kind of being a leader with my clients anyway. So mm-hmm. it was, it, yeah. it was outside my comfort zone, but then it kind of became very natural and very comfortable. Hmm. And quite frankly, you know, when you hire really good people, they kind of lead you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we operate as a team and we all work very well together, but I was fortunate, and Josh said it. We have really good people. Yeah. I was and actually going to ask you that. What drew you to those people when you met? You, I mean, you're at a critical junction where you said, "Okay, we need to expand." Mm-hmm. I don't typically lean that way. So, what drew you to those particular people that you brought on? I mean, it's still a small team, right? Right. So that's that means they have a lot of sway. So, what drew you to those people? It was, um, you know, initially their personalities, just getting to know them, understanding them, what their goals were and their dreams, and, and really aligning what my vision was with what theirs were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, we, and we've talked, mm-hmm. I've had to talk to a lot of people over the years to get to where we are. And, and as you know, uh, in 2020 and 2021, we spent a lot of time looking yeah. and fortunately found the right person, but it took a lot of time. So, but to answer your question, you know, you have to find people that uh, you feel like are going to be a, a tremendous asset to the team, not only in their skill set, but also in their personality and, mm. and their and their drive. And awesome. um, and there's so many boxes that you have to check. It's mm. it's very difficult to find people that really check every single box. Yes. And sometimes you just have to adapt. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or, or they adapt with you over right. time. Mm. Yeah. So, both ways, yeah. Yeah. So. Great question, though. It's interesting that you you mentioned how sometimes your your staff lead you. Mm-hmm. Can you unpack that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Uh, you know, as a leader, you you spend a lot of time leading, of course, but you also have to be a great listener. Mm-hmm. And everybody's different. Everybody has different ideas. And just because I have an idea about something doesn't necessarily mean that it's 100 percent the right idea mm-hmm. or the right path for us to take. So, um, you know, often. Very often, I have an idea. They have a, an opinion on it. We collaborate, and in the end, yeah, maybe that we we follow their their path. Yeah, th- their idea. How do you keep yourself open to you know, to your employees really speaking into what you're doing? I mean, th- there's a level of humility mm-hmm. that that there's a posture of that that 
you have to maintain. Right. How do, how do you do that? When you probably have years of experience on them, uh, you know the direction you want to go, mm-hmm. but you have to you have to be open. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if I can add to that too, I think we, you're you're it's different when you're looking at a Fortune 500 company, right? Massive, sure. massive company with employees and dollars. System. This is your, this is yeah. your baby, right? Right. So you have your vision. It's your baby, but you have to be open to let other people come into your vision. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you say that because it really is a baby. It's like a child, yeah, you know, and, you, and you grow and you nurture that yeah, child yeah. and you want to see them grow up and, mm-hmm. and stand on their own two feet. And part of that process is just having to, uh, again, listen to them, but just realize they might have some really good ideas and things yeah. change over time. Yeah. And, you know, we have some older, I say older, my age folks, and then we have some younger folks mm-hmm. and you just have to be able to evolve and adapt with it and be open to the idea that, you know, maybe things are changing. Mm. And and be receptive to it. Mm. And yeah, um, it's interesting that you say that too, because your industry is different too. It's not mm-hmm. it's not like healthcare, right? It's not like tech. I mean, this you're you're handling finances, mm-hmm. large sums of money. You're handling a lot of stuff for people that I mean, mm-hmm. this is could be the difference between you know making or breaking it as a person financially. And so, yeah. like, there's a lot of pressure, and the fact that in 100%. the midst of that pressure, you're saying, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to yield my ego a little bit here and let this person who does it not does not have 17 years worth of experience running a business right. give me input into my vision. I think that's incredibly I mean that's telling to, to about the leader who you are and the caliber yeah, you are. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you saying that. That's a great point too. We we are making very big decisions on a daily basis and we have to be very mm-hmm. careful. And we always say we cut uh, measure twice and cut once. Yeah. It's really more like three or four times. <laughs> yeah. you know? Which is good. I think I would want my financial advisor yeah. to say that. Now. Absolutely. Like, I measured twice and cut once. I measured four times. Yeah. Ooh, even better thing. We, are, we yes. are double and triple and yeah. quadruple checking everything that yeah. we do. Um, but, to, but to your point, it's, you know, we're all doing this together. Yeah. So it's not a matter of me doing, uh, making all the decisions or somebody else. We're all collaborating throughout the entire process. And, and it works. Mm. And it works great. Yeah. Can you recall your earliest leadership role? Like if you're thinking back in your 20s, your teens, mm. just one of the earliest responsibilities you had, even if it's not employment. Right. But can you, can you recall that? That's a great question. I mean, I think, I think when I, uh, I played a, a lot of soccer growing okay. up. What position? I was forward, right wing. Nice. nice. Maybe, you know, uh, 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 Rover every now and then, yeah. but for the most part, right wing. Okay. So, uh, you know, I was captain of the team a few times, played on a few all-star teams. We won state a, a couple years. So no, I would say that was... That yeah, state a couple <laughs> As he's going, this was... Well, this was... <laughs> we're talking middle school, so it wasn't anything glamorous, but, you know... You didn't just, wear your rings to the show? This <laughs> 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 is middle school. Age. I'll have to go dig out my trophies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep going, sorry. Um, but, you know, you asked. Ear- earliest, I would say, being a captain on those teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, was probably the earliest. Can you recall what that experience felt like being in that kind of a role, having to make, you know, be an example, make those decisions, mm-hmm. even even in, in those small ways? Yeah, I was I was always just so driven to win, hmm. um, in the right way, but <clears throat> but driven to to be successful. Um, and so uh, for me, it was really just about getting our team pumped up, getting everybody ready, getting everybody excited wanting to play, ready to play, and, mm. you know, to go out and give our best. And I, I, I do remember in the huddles, you know, having conversations with everybody and saying, you know, this is it. Let's go out and let's win this thing. And, yeah. and, and you know, let's leave it all on the field today. Yeah. Um, 
even at you know, 13, 14 years old, I love 15, right. whatever yeah, age yeah. it was. So. Yeah, that's great. All what that passion and drive. What did we say in that last podcast with George about leaders? Some of the best leaders are typically athletes. Yeah. Yep. 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 I'm going to keep saying that. As I've been keep is, having people who were former athletes. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. there's another one. Yeah. It's, it's amazing when we're going through the hiring process, mm-hmm. how often the people that check the majority of the boxes were former athletes. are athletes. That's and cool. we, have, we have two, uh, actually three. Wow. Out of the five of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one of them. I'm talking about. <laughs> they were involved in middle school state. <laughs> right, right, right. That's the college. A little bit of high school. That's the extent of it. No, we have, th- we have three that uh, were college athletes. Wow. Out of five. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious. Do you think that that is, because we talked about that with, with George Singleton in a previous podcast, do you think that that with athletes, and I'm thinking even with military, do you think that that comes from the idea that? Failure is such an important part of leadership development, mm-hmm. and it's very accepted. Like to to reflect on that and 100%. to examine that. So how how has that shaped you looking at failure as a as a teacher? Um, you know, it's for me. I'm always looking forward. I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to you know keep on this path and look two or three steps ahead. Mm. So failure is uh, extremely frustrating and and disheartening, and sure. and, it, and it hurts. But it doesn't stop you from moving forward. Right. I mean, the train's in motion. We're not we're not slowing down. We may hit a little bump. But uh, to your question about athletes, I think you learn how to fail. I think you learn how to keep score, uh, mm-hmm. to set goals, and to be regimented. And and they're and you're just driven. Yeah, to push yourself. I think push that's your, the yes. the other piece. If you haven't played sports or yeah. you haven't yeah. had military experience, somewhere along the way, there has to be an experience that is pushing you. To push yourself. That's right. Yeah. And for you to keep that as a as a self reflective mm-hmm. uh, yep. diagnostic. Yep. Yeah. And even anytime when you're on that a team. I need to be pushed, I always look to Synergy Coffee, which is the sponsor of our podcast. <laughs> anytime I need to pick me up or something just to get me through maybe that midweek hump. Another Synergy Coffee. Jamos plug. It's wonderful. Yeah. Were you gonna say anything on that before Joel? No, no, he, he's fine. I was just gonna say, you know, self motivation. Yeah, you have to be self motivated, and you've got to be driven. And if you're in team sports or individual sport, you still have to motivate. Uh, this pretty much the same way. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, Josh, what drew you? You know, I mean, you you brought Richard in for yeah. the podcast and, and mm-hmm. recruited him into it. What drew you to to wanting Richard to be in on the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So I've I've been blessed with the opportunity to meet Richard. Uh, I went to him and said, I don't know what to do with my money. Help me. Um, <laughs> I'm not, Opening up a Velcro uh, wallet. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, just, and I was, just chain. Yeah. He was looking at me weird, and I was putting pennies down, counting the pennies. Yeah. Um, no, I you know I'm not as smart as you in math. Um, so, but no, when I got to meet Richard and kind of see how he also you know uh, handled himself and and the drive that you have, and I think you said that how many times in this podcast already drive right the, mm-hmm. the, the drive that you have yeah. um you know that's something i look towards you know uh in a good leader right do they have the drive i feel like you have, if you have the drive you feel comfortable with working with that person and even mm-hmm. when you're looking from a financial position i feel comfortable and in, and in, in knowing that this person has the drive and is trustworthy um you know getting to to go through that process with you and meet the team and mm-hmm. you know it was just very comfortable it was very safe um, and I think that when you have a team that no matter who you are talking to is the same and you feel safe talking to them and you feel comfortable and you know that you're in good hands, yes, that's very special from each one of those individuals that I'm talking to, but that starts at the top, right? And that's obviously you. Um, and I think that, you know, 
getting to to experience that myself, I said, hey, here's a here's a strong leader that can run a company, and I feel safe talking to, and I've got to see what he's done with his employees. But then on top of that, you're very driven within the community. Mm-hmm. You know that also to me says a lot about a, a leader, right? It's not all about you. Right, yeah. you're looking at your. You've talked about that so far about how yeah. you're focusing on your employees and giving them the best that you can give, but yet you still put more effort into your community by giving your time selfishly or self selfishly and <laughs> sound selfishly, and and you know you're involved in a lot of that. So um, I, I think that again that makes a strong leader. So you know I would love to hit on that because you are yeah, very absolutely. involved in the like community. You. So. Can you kind of share with everybody with why is community so important to you as a leader within the Greenville yeah. community? Well, I think first of all, as a, as a business for us, it's very important that we give back. Mm-hmm. You know, we're very grateful to be where we are, but you know, I think it's important for us also to um, take the opportunity to, to expand upon our skill set beyond just our business. Yeah. And so, if we can give a, our time or, or energy or whatever um, to help support the community, that's what we're going to do. I love Greenville. Um, very passionate about it. Not from here originally, but I've been here for 27 years now. And I want to see uh, every aspect of Greenville be successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the community, obviously, is a big part of that. So, you know, for us uh, and, and everybody in our office included, uh, we're, we want to we want to do as much as we can. And, and, you know, it's not always just financial. It's, it's really more of our time and, and efforts to try to uh, do what we can to help each organization improve. And there's a lot of them, and they need a lot of help. Yeah. And they're wonderful. If, if I can have one more thing, too. You know, one thing that I really enjoyed about Rich as well is I think a good leader wants to share share their success, share their, how did they, how did they get there? And I think that's what we've really wanted to do with this podcast, right? Bring leaders in here. That's not going to sit here and just brag about themselves, but they're, they're, they're going to share their successes, share their failures to, to make other people better. Right. And one thing that Rich has really done in a very short period of time with me is being newer to the community. He has been a great mentor, but he's also introduced me to so many great people in the community. That's really helped myself out, right, yeah. uh, with getting involved in the community myself. So that is also a great trait about you that you're you're not you. you're not just holding it all to yourself. You want to see others successful. So I applaud you for that. Uh, thank you, and I'm glad you brought that up because I actually thought about that today and mm-hmm. uh, uh, when I was pre- thinking about today and what I wanted to say. But I love connecting people. Yeah, I, I really. <laughs> I, I like it, yeah. and it's fun. And there's so many good people that have so many different skill sets. And yeah. I heard your previous guest say, you have to surround yourself with great people, and there's mm-hmm. no truer statement. Yeah. And so when I see your skill set and I see other people that are like you, like-minded, um, and I think you all can benefit from the from getting, getting to know each other mm-hmm. and knowing that this could be not just six months, this could be mm-hmm. six years or 60-year mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah, that excites me, mm-hmm. and I love the opportunity to connect people. Yeah. So thank you for, so for bringing that up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What are the organizations that you work closely with is Meals on Wheels, mm-hmm. right? What kind of, how did you get connected to them? Why is that something that really is a driver for you to be connected yeah. in the community with them? Well, when I first moved to Greenville in 95 and started my, my career, uh, one of the guys I worked with was very involved and asked me to go deliver a few routes with them. And so we did, uh, and, and got involved that way and did it for a couple of years and then lost connection and then had an opportunity to work with them on the business side, uh, a number of years later, about you know, 2005 or six and just reconnected and became more and more passionate about meals on wheels. Um, and, and 
went to the ED and said, I'd like to be more involved um, as I learned more and more about what they were doing. And, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're more than a meal is, is their, mm. their mission statement. And it's, uh, and it's true. It's, it's about relationships. It's not just delivering that meal. It's connecting with the people that we're delivering to and seeing the excitement that they have. Mm. Uh, for many, you're the only person they're going to see on, on many mm. days. Mm-hmm. And so they, they look forward to it, and then we have conversations with them, and you really get to know them and connect with them. So, mm. um, so that was what drew me in to Meals on Wheels initially. And then uh, so we started delivering again. Then I joined the board and, and spent six years on the board as, and, and was board chair for one year. And now I'm back involved in a different <coughs> role. Thankfully, they, they asked me to come back, and I, I accepted. <laughs> there so, you go. Um, so it's, it, it's a terrific organization. Is, is there something different from a leadership standpoint? Is there something different about leading it? in a nonprofit where these people are not reporting to you mm-hmm. like in a job. Um, but you were trying to rally people towards a, towards a cause. Mm-hmm. Is there something different about leading organizationally there as opposed to in your business? I, I think there is because people are there because they want to be, mm-hmm. and not to say they're not in business, but when you give of your time, whether it's, you know, attending board meetings or attending events or whatever it is you're doing, you're doing that by choice, free yeah. choice, free will. You're there to do it because you're passionate about it and you're support uh, wanting to support that organization. So, you know, when I was board chair, it was really more about just helping organize everybody, helping, you know, get everybody together, make sure that we were doing the things that were best for the organization. But you weren't having to draw people in per se. The people that were there that were at the meetings, they were there because they wanted to be. And yeah. that, so the passion already existed. That's cool. Yeah. When we, when we think about leadership, we think about organizations, we think about businesses. I'm curious, because you've got, you've got a young kiddo at home. I do. Right? How old? Seven. Seven. Oh. What does it look like, thinking about wife, thinking about seven-year-old, what does it look like to bring what makes you a good leader at work? What does it look like to bring that home? That's a great question. I That's actually thought question. about that. I wanted to have this, actually, too, yeah. as a young parent. <clears throat> um, it, it's, it's fun, because, again... You know, I'm leading adults at work. I'm also trying to raise a business, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And he is he's there for the ride. So mm. I'll tell you a funny story. We bought our building four years ago. The, it's a house that we're in, but we turned it into an office. And at three years old or three or four, he started calling it the office house. <laughs> so now whenever we go to the office, it's the office house. But yeah. he goes with me, and he looks around, and he mm. sees different things, and he's he's asking questions. And now... Uh, this past summer, he had some money saved up. He wanted to buy something. And I said, you know, I explained to him what happens when you buy something, mm-hmm. what it's actually worth and so on. And we started watching the stock market together. That's cool. And he watches the ticker symbols and he got excited. You know, this is up, this is down, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted to invest his money. So I made him count out his money and hand it to me. And we set up an account and now he's, he's involved literally every week wanting to know how his account is doing. That's mm-hmm. cool. That's cool. Um, but to answer your question, it's, it's, you know, just planting seeds with him, mm-hmm. yeah. opening up his mind to, you know, different ideas and, and, uh, and, and seeing that flourish and getting him excited about it. That's, yeah. that's probably the best part. Um, and I, I've told him since he was two or three, I said, you're a leader, not a follower. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you to set an example. Live by the golden rule. We talk about that all the time. But, you know, be a good leader. Make mm-hmm. good decisions. Um, so... 
That's fun. Yeah. That's great. And then when you think about from, from a marriage standpoint, you're mm-hmm. not CEO of your marriage. Not we, at all. We get, we get told that very clearly. Um, <laughs> it, it's ideally, it's a team. Oh, right? 100%. It's a team working together. But how do, you, how do you bring those leadership skills into the most important relationship in your life? It's, uh, you're right. It's, it's a team and we're a partnership. So I go from, you know, essentially being the leader at work, even though we're all in my mind leaders to coming home and we're a partnership and the business is part of our partnership. Mm -hmm. And, and we talk about the business a lot and she has some fantastic ideas. She really just compliments not only, I mean, she compliments me, but she really, you know, bring some great ideas to the table. So I let her lead the house and whatever she wants to lead outside of work. I'm like, please take it. Mm. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll handle this. Love and it. please keep giving me your ideas. Uh, Cause I love hearing them and I think they're mm. fantastic. But outside of that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty spent. <laughs> <laughs> You're more like a founding consultant now. You're just like, oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Go. tell me where I need to be, what yeah. I need to do. Love it. Uh, she, she was so excited yesterday. She's 99% done with Christmas shopping and, mm. and the house is fully decorated. It's impressive. And, yeah. It's impressive. That, uh, it's wonderful when that comes together and it's yes. not all you. Yeah. Oh, so grateful. You know? Yeah. No, my uh, wife is wonderful at that as well. Cause I, I would just be, our family would be lost with all that. Yeah. I'd, I'd be, I'd after, be that person the day after Christmas or like the Christmas Eve person. Yeah. That would be terrible. I'd be that person. Yeah. Shopping. Joe, what are some of the. What are some of the questions or thoughts that are stirring for you as you hear Richard talk? What's interesting, too, I mean, I think it's this avenue of business, this industry, it's easy for people to see leadership by by how much you're managing and the accounts that you're managing. But what I think is cool about you is, and I want to know, how have you navigated that to show it's okay, it's not just that we secured this client who's now giving us this many millions of dollars, right? That's yep. where we, the reason why we got that was because of these things that we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're not leaders because of the amount of money we have that we're managing. So how, how have you navigated those waters in an industry that is much probably about like, how much are you managing? Mm, okay. I'm managing this, right? Yep. That is, that is a fantastic question because you are making me feel so good. No, it's, I mean, y'all are asking some great <laughs> questions and, and truly I've been thinking about this yeah. like for weeks now. Um, but so when, when I got to that point where the business had grown and, you know, I said, okay, we're going to have to hire, um, a lot of, I don't want to say a lot, you're at a crossroads. Okay. Do we become very selective in who we work with Mm -hmm. or do we let the business or the the demand drive our growth and we continue to hire as the demand goes up? And I made the decision because I love working with people. Mm -hmm. We're not, uh, as a company, driven by assets under management Mm. or who we're working with or number of clients, that sort of thing. We genuinely want to help people. Mm. And it doesn't matter to us if you're over here or over here, if you have a desire and want to work with us, we want to find a way to make that happen. Mm. So uh, I already uh, go back. I'm sorry. Tell me your question again. Navigated those waters of in your industry. It's more about how much you're managing, not how you lead people. How have you kind of risen above that as a leader? Okay, great question. Uh, So we we really adopted more of a fee based platform as as a company, so that we could allow the opportunity to work with with uh, really uh, anybody that that we could. That's cool. Yeah. So we as a company, we've just had to adopt uh, to adapt and grow. Mm It really in the best way possible. Yeah. Uh, 
but I've had to, you know, talk to our, our, our folks and say, this is, and they all a hundred percent are on board. That, that's yeah. what they want as well. And you've gathered that from Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. You so, can tell that you're there for your clients and there's yeah. no doubt about that. We are. Yeah. And, and we, we genuinely care and everybody genuinely yeah. cares mm-hmm. and that's, and that's huge. Mm-hmm. So I hope that answered your no, question. No, it did. No, it was a great, it was a great answer. Thank okay, you. Okay, good. Richard, I want you to imagine with our with our listeners, with our viewers, imagine the guy that's or or the woman that is in the in the early twenties. Okay, and they are they feel lost. Mm-hmm. Whether they're in a job right now or or they're coming out of college, and they feel lost as to uh, how to take the next step. For you in high school, it got clear. Mm-hmm. This is this is what I'm interested in. But somebody that is that is lost and is trying to get that that compass orientation back, mm-hmm. um, or find it for the first time, what would you say as an encouragement to them of how to be thinking, how to be moving, in in that state of a, building a career? Yep. So I, I knew where I wanted to go, but even at 22 and 23, coming out of Clemson, I I didn't necessarily know how to get there. So I just I, I started talking to people, and I was already in this career path. I had interviewed uh, before I graduated, accepted a job, and I still wasn't completely sure what I wanted to do. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go in this business, and with most businesses there are. So I just started gravitating towards certain people that I looked up to, that I thought, you know, they're, they're, they're experienced, they've been in this business for a while, give me some advice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just started taking all that information and kind of cherry picking the, the parts that I thought applied to me and trying to implement them. And it took years. Yeah. I mean, I'm still doing that. Um, <laughs> but to your question, if you're in your young, you know, early twenties, you, you may know where you want to go, but you may not, you probably don't know how you're going to get there. Mm. And the best thing you can do is whether it's through your church, through uh, your, your family, uh, or, or really just people that you work with or know, have a conversation. Mm. Take them to lunch, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and pay for it. And, yeah. Don't <laughs> take them to lunch and then yeah. didn't go Dutch. Yeah. 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 yeah, you pay for him. And and I literally did that. I called up you know friends of mine's parents, fathers, mothers, and said you know give me some advice. I remember distinctly taking one guy, uh, a friend of mine's father, to lunch who had been very successful in business. We went to the Applebee's on Haywood Road in 1996 and and had a two hour conversation and. Uh, you know, here we are, what, 26 was it years the later? Half price? No, they probably didn't have half price, half price appetizers <laughs> at that time. Never mind. <laughs> I'd really save you some money. Yeah. yeah it would be good. That was one of, the, one of the only places you could really go for lunch. That's true. Then. That's yeah. true. But, uh, y'all oh, probably man. don't remember. Oh, that, how but. far you fall in Applebee's. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> so, anyway, that my advice would be just to ask as many people as you can that you respect and look up to yeah. and take that information and try to apply it to yourself and to your yeah. career and to your path. And then, just do it on a daily basis. Be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what's required in that is to have the humility to mm, recognize yep. you don't know it all. Exactly. And be able to move out of that as opposed to, I'm going to go impress some people because I know a bunch of things. Yeah. Listening is key. Yeah. That, that was my thought. I mean, we've had now multiple guests on this show. And I don't know if the listeners, if you're getting this, I'm not going to. St- act like you're not. I'm sure it's a lot of you are. There's a couple through lines. There's a couple thematic lines that are continuing through every episode. And one of them is to be a successful leader, you have to collaborate yes. with, in humility 
which everyone we've had on has mentioned in some capacity, collaborating in humility, and that led them to get to the next step. And so, I mean, if there's anyone listening to this podcast and you're in that position going, I don't know how I get to the next step, maybe it's because, as George said, you're trying to go fast, which means you have to go alone rather than go far, which means you go together. And so maybe you do need to take a second and be more humble and in humility, be collaborative, and that will get you to the next step of what you want to go or where you want to go. And I think that's a generational struggle too. You know, I'm going to go a little deep here with some stuff, but we are coming out of, you know, a generation of everybody gets a trophy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And what does that teach you, right? I think that everybody now thinks Don't look at me when you say that. I'm looking at you because you're the youngest one. (laughs) Everybody now feels as though I know everything. I'm right. I, I deserve or... I hope that, like Joel mentioned, you have to humble yourself and know that, okay, you might have been told that your entire life, yeah. but when you get in the real world, that's not how it works, yeah. right? you know, and humble yourself and reach out to people that's true. Um, because you can't do it alone. You really can't. That's right. Richard, if, if people want to connect with you mm-hmm. and be able to have some more discussions around the financial services that, that Moncaster Financial Group provides and, and just really be able to have a conversation, what, what should they do next? Uh, the easiest thing is to go to our website, okay. MuncasterFinancial.com. Okay, and we'll have our... that in the show notes. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, reach out to us uh, through the website. There are uh, You can email us. You can give us a call. Uh, but we'll be happy to sit down and, and have a conversation or, or over the phone or uh, Zoom. And your last name is amazing. Where did it come from? I, I've been wondering that this entire time. <laughs> it's from England. Okay. Uh, there is actually a castle, Muncaster Castle, believe it or not. Are you... Are you Wait, able to go and stay there? Well, I, I say, has, your, has your goal been from middle school? You found out that there was a castle and you said, I'm going to make enough money to buy it. Was that, did I just uncover from that, years ago, that was your goal? That has not been a goal, but that should be. I mean, yeah. I just it's, imagine a middle schooler, that was the reason why you're like, stop. When you do that, viewpoint gets a room, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. Yeah. I follow him on Facebook. It's actually, uh, it's uh, pretty amazing. You'll have to look it up. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. Now, the family sold it apparently about 500 years ago. Oh. So maybe one day. Yeah. I think you'll get there. Yeah, 500 years has been long enough. They can yeah. sell it again. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. We'll, I'll keep trying. That'll, that'll be my goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richard, this has been enlightening. I really yes. appreciate Terrific. you Thank being with us. And uh, if you want to get to you know connect with Richard and he and his team, don't forget his website is in the show notes. So go take a look at that. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Cheers. Thank you.